Welcome to Shoot to the Top, a podcast for professional photographers with web designer and marketer Sam Holland and professional photographer with over 20 years in the industry, Marcus Ahmad. Well, hello there, listeners. Yes, it's Marcus and Sam from Shoot to the Top with another exciting episode for you. Hopefully, you're going to really love this one. We've got a, a fantastic photographer as our guest. So, yeah, Sam, how are you doing? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, very good, Marcus. Looking forward to another great show and good to be with you. Thank you. Okay, so we got Toby Lee. Uh, Toby is a headshot photographer uh, based in the UK. Um I'm looking at me on the screen now and he's nodding profusely and he's got a lovely <laughs> smile, but you can't see that, of course. So let's, let's let's go over the Toby so he can tell you a little bit more about himself. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, I think you sort of summed it up quite nice there. Um, so my business is called Headshot Toby and uh, I've been a headshot uh-huh. photographer now for um, seven to eight years. Um, and yeah, it's been an interesting journey sort of transitioning um sort of my work started out working with actors and performers in the entertainment industry and now i'm based in lincolnshire and uh which is where i grew up and uh it's now sort of transitioned more towards working with businesses and uh professionals cool so do you want to take us back to the beginning toby because my understanding is you didn't start out as a photographer no absolutely like a lot of photographers didn't necessarily start out uh in, in photography. Um, I actually trained to be an actor. So um, I was fortunate enough to go to one of the top drama schools in the country, went down to London at the age of 18. Um, and yeah, was looking to pursue a career as a professional actor. And uh, going into your final year, you when you start inviting agents and things to come see your showcases and, and, and the dream starts uh, looking a little bit more realistic, um, you have to get a headshot photo. And that was my first sort of exposure to what what a headshot is and um, sort of trying to understand why you sort of need one, particularly uh, in that industry from a sort of casting point of view, you know, it's your your shop window. And um, I remember the experience of working with my photographer. He was a guy called Robin Savage. um, And if you get a chance to look at his work, um, really lovely portrait headshots. Um, And yeah, just had a real connection with him and and, and the whole process of it. there was just something about it that I, I really enjoyed and I had a camera that I was thinking you know trying to make my own work as an actor I could make some short films so I had a, a ch- cheap DSLR that I was trying to do some films on and um, I sort of started taking photos of my my acting colleagues you know and, and a lot of them would spend and you know uh, an incredible amount of money what felt like that at the time and the stage you're at in your career spending you know three, four, five hundred pounds on a headshot session to then majority of them sign with an agent and then be told headshots don't quite represent you how we want to represent (laughs) you. So can you just grab a friend to uh, take some pictures in the meantime so you can afford to get some new ones? So, um, you know, in walks me, guy with a camera, and I started taking photos for a lot of my um, colleagues in my year at drama school and, um, you know, started getting really good feedback from from their agents, you know, and a lot of it was just sort of mimicking what my headshot session had been with with Robin to an extent, you know, find a tunnel in North London somewhere and, um, you know, find some nice lighting and that. And then it sort of just built from there, really, um, to the point where uh, it, I had a decision to make, you know, I was investing any money that I sort of got from charging a little bit here and there to buy more equipment, started bringing speed lights into it for hair lights, rim lights, all those kind of things. Um, and 
acting was just incredibly quiet. It was that cliche of just waiting for the agent yeah. to call and he could call at any point and you're expected to drop everything um, and be there at that audition. And so it, it got to a point where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tiptoeing around this sort of potential business venture here where there's clearly a lot of interest. I'm getting some great feedback and response. Um, and so I went sort of uh, dived into that pool and uh, went for it and wow. sort of business grew. So, uh, so yeah, all the way up to the point of COVID, which would be about a four or five year period. Um, yeah, I was, I was shooting with actors that were working regularly on, you know, television and film work and theater work and making really nice connections with agents and things. Um, so, so yeah, that's sort of how the, how the acting side of it went. And that was the business for, um, like I say, a good, good four or five, even six years. Uh, and then obviously COVID like most, most people's work, put a bit of a stop on everything. Um, not being able to work in that closer proximity, um, actors weren't being able to work at all anyway. So, you know, um, the need for a headshot at that point uh, sort of came to a bit of a standstill as well. And that was when my wife and I, who uh, she's she's from Yorkshire and uh, I'm from Lincolnshire, we sort of made that decision, you know, we, we don't want to be in London forever anyway. Um, what does that look like if we were to now use this, you know, hiatus as a, as a point to move? And uh, so we, we ended up relocating to, to Lincoln and uh, now my, my work has kind of transitioned into working with with business professionals, you know, and and I think hopefully offering something that's a little bit different style wise, taking all that sort of inspiration that I'd sort of learn and, uh, you know, looks and styles that I'd developed working with actors where the headshot needs to be a little bit more sort of uh, cinematic or a little bit more editorial at times, you know, there's a lot of different requirements and also getting very different sides out of people. Um, I think that's now a little bit of a USP for me when working with sort of business individuals that um, it's, it, you know, they probably think they're turning up for that kind of typical corporate shot, but actually we're, we're offering something a little bit different now, not only in the aesthetic of the photo, but also like how I, how I work with, with the individual. Okay. So it's, it's interesting your journey you've got here that you've started off doing acting headshots all of a sudden, sort of, dare I say, post Peter Hurley, business headshots <laughs> in this country seem to be the new headshot. Um, it, it, is, that, is that how you've you seen it change? Or do you think business headshots have been there from the beginning and I've just missed out on it? No, no, I think I think there's, I think I think a headshot before in, in, in a business sense was very much that kind of white background, get something professional looking on LinkedIn and that all for your business card. And that was probably the main use for it. Um, whereas now, I think because we're so um, sort of uh, visually versatile, we've we've had to sort of up the standards of of, of what's going to get people's attention. And I think that's probably why it's crossed over into kind of yeah, right. you know, being more of an essential tool. Um, it's certainly something that when I started out working with actors and tried to find a little bit of corporate work. I sort of struggle for my personal motivation of it because I was thinking, well, I don't really want to offer what they're expecting in terms of a simple kind of white background headshot or whatever that might be. Um, and didn't really see much potential. Whereas now having been through that journey of working with actors and, and sort of I've grown to learn that actually all those essential tools that, or essential reasons that an actor needs that tool does actually apply to anybody within their career. And, and so that's kind of like, um, a lot of the advice that I sort of try and share now 
further your own career and you're working with an employer, you know, your, your photo, your headshot is still your shop window. You know, if you invest in that, it shows you've invested in your own, you know, worth and, and value. And um, that's going to accompany whatever posts you're posting on LinkedIn and so on. And we start building this bigger picture that all starts from that root of that photo. But, you know, if that's not there, if we're using a kind of holiday selfie, um, you know, which a lot of people do yeah, on LinkedIn, yeah. um, you know, it, it suddenly it becomes far too personable. We don't quite read your your content with the same, um, you know, level of authority or professionalism or whatever we might want to want to put a label on that. Um, but, yeah, no, that is an interesting point. I definitely think it has has grown. And I think that kind of demand for something that's maybe a little bit more sort of editorial or you know, would suit, um, you know, being in kind of magazines or, or looking like you may have been part of some sort of, uh, you know, pu- published article or something like that it tends to just give us that little bit more time when we scroll, you know, a little bit more attention when we when we stop and look. Yeah, I guess it's almost like that when you talk about social media, kind of, or you're looking at websites, you kind of, you've got moments to grab people's attention and you've got moments in which they make very, very fast judgments. And yeah, one of those will be your headshot, won't it? They'll instant look, yeah, and they will make some assumptions about who you are, where you come from, what your authority is in milliseconds. And and that's got to be just right. Yeah, absolutely. And and it kind of, um, with it being your, your sort of shop window, it's, it's the bit you recognise. So as you're scrolling, say, let's just keep LinkedIn as an example, because that's probably where a majority of my clients are nowadays. You know, we're wanting them to build familiarity with that photo. So they've seen your photo before, they've read your content and they've engaged with it. So almost like a logo now, whenever they're scrolling and they see that, you know, slightly green background or, or whatever it is that, that, that your photo's got that's going to make it have that little bit of edge, that they then instinctively stop yeah. again because they've attached that last time this was a good uh, a good okay. thing to do. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I never thought of it like a logo, almost like a, yeah, people just, res- yeah, spot it and know this is this is something interesting. Yeah, exactly. I- and, and, and putting that back into kind of actor context, you know, um, you 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 want you kind of want to keep consistency with your photos so that you have that kind of you're, you're recognizable but at the same time it's also trying to make sure you're you're one up to date because it really needs to represent you when you walk into that casting room yeah. just like whenever you walk into any meeting your 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 business headshot needs to um but then it's also trying to renew that brand and keep that brand up to date so that we don't actually get to the point where we start scrolling past because we're up by, you know, oversensitized to seeing yeah, that yeah. photo now. So we want to keep it fresh. So, yeah, there's a lot of kind of layers to it. Tell me, Toby, um, uh, talk, talk, talk about the process involved in this, not so much the technicalities, uh, okay. but how you work with your clients and how you make your photographs or your portraits stand out from other people's. Yeah, OK, so... I think one of the elements that I've learned most is that my session now has become about the interaction. It, it almost, <laughs> the fact you're going to get a photo with it almost becomes a bit of a side product. <laughs> and that's mainly because um, the transition of working with actors who are, you know, majority of the time confident, um, you know, uh, airing on the side of, of ego, but positive mm-hmm. ego. Um, and that kind of front that actually is very much a mask that to get a really authentic photo, you almost have to break them down a little bit. Okay. And now working with sort of, I I call them normal people. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's a case of, uh, 
you know, and I don't mean that with any disrespect. I mean, people that would never go in front of the camera unless they had to. And this is usually the position my clients are in. It's a case of, right, I've got to build you up to a position where not only are you going to view these photos of yourself and have a positive response, um, you need to leave this session in a place where you're ready to actually use them and share them because otherwise this has all been a, w a waste of time for, for you and your your investment. Um, and sort of learning that in sort of the last year or two has really changed my sort of approach now. A lot of clients will turn up with, this, with the, you know, the typical anxieties and I call it sort of verbal vomit the first five <laughs> minutes when they come in of... Oh God! Yeah, uh, you know, I hate my smile. I don't have to smile today, do I? Oh, you're not going to get my chins, are you? You know, all these, all these things that come out. And you know, if I had a pound for every time one of those lines came up, you know, I won't be doing this. Um, I'd be somewhere else. <laughs> but it's 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 trying to let them have that moment, have that space, get that anxious energy out, so that then I can start to to work with them and acknowledge you know, a, a couple of the things that they've said, start talking about and say, you know, well, actually, I, I've got a couple of ideas as to, to why you might not like your smile and so on, you know, as to why why you feel uncomfortable in this situation. At the end of the day, it is a thing to be doing, you know. I'm a stranger you've only just met. You're sitting in front of me to capture photos that are going to represent you as best they can in a completely unnatural setting. You've got lights around you. I'm holding you know, clipping bits of blackboard either side of you to flag and all these things, you know, and it's that there's also that element of that when somebody comes into the studio, having seen your work and booked you upon that, they don't really understand the setting, what it's going to look like when you actually sit in it yeah. and sit in front of the camera um, and trying to visualize the end product of what they might look like in that photo seems like a real far distant challenge uh, to overcome. So how do you over how do you overcome that challenge then, Toby? So so a lot of it is is playing for time. So I'll get them, show them uh, the sort of dressing area, let them hang their clothes up, let them have a bit of time to, to sort their hair. Uh, we'll talk through outfits over a cup of tea and things like that, and how I'll pair that up with different backgrounds and looks. And then when I get them in the chair, I say buy a bit of time because. I'll probably faff around moving lights and things far more than I need to because I know exactly how I'm going to shoot and what's what I'm looking for in that in that shot. But if I if my focus is on the lights and not on you, the subject, you're not going to be worrying about me. I'm not okay. pointing the camera at you yet because I'm taking test shots. <laughs> um, I say I'm <laughs> gesturing inverted yeah. quotations there. You know, I'm taking test shots. You just sit there. You just chill. Let's keep talking about what you've got on for the rest of the day or, you know, where do you think you're going to use these photos, you know, and just get them talking. And and there's there's a real point where it sort of clicks and it usually takes a couple of minutes where they'll share something quite personal or uh, something that you, you, you maybe, maybe didn't quite expect, but it's that little in that just lets you know that, okay, like they've the level of trust is there now that we can start snapping and almost transition into taking these photos now and stop faffing with test shots and, and moving bits around. And actually, before they know it, we've sort of finished that first look and we've directed through the different, you know, different sides and chin this way, now just turn this way in the chair and look back to me and so on. And we're on to the next outfit. And from there, they're sort of 
fairly fairly comfortable okay that's really interesting it takes us back to the episode marcus we recorded a little while ago with the the listening guy and he was talking oh man i think i was thinking because <laughs> he was talking about all about that making time just to just to listen that's right uh, which is basically exactly yeah. what you're saying just yeah, stop yeah. let them get all that panic out and just listen and let them relax yeah. into the space yeah, yeah, that's it. Because I think if you're if you're confident in in what you offer and and you know you're going to get that regardless, you know you're going to capture what you need to. You can always give as much time as as the subject needs. You know, um, I don't think there's anything worse than uh, you know going in front of the camera with a photographer and you feel a bit rushed off your feet and then the session's over and you're thinking, well, I I don't know if I'm going to like these photos when I get them. and the anxiety carries on. Yeah, you know, sort of when my clients leave. If, if what they tell me is true, um, they're leaving incredibly excited to see their photos. They've had a lovely experience regardless. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, that's going to help how they view their yeah. photos. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm keen and confident that, that they're going to be using them and sharing them as much as possible, which obviously at the end of the day, if they're doing that, it's good for them. And also it's, it's very positive right. for me. Yeah. We had um, uh, a guest on uh, on a forthcoming show in Martin Hobby, who's in the same market, same yes. game as you. Uh, I'm sure you know him, headshot photography. And yeah. we talked in the pre-show. We didn't manage to cover it in the main show. We talked about AI and how that okay. might be changing the impact. And I, I really welcome this opportunity with you, Toby, to just to get your thoughts on that, on the, the way it might encroach on headshot photography. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've certainly had... The inquiry that I've probably lost down to them using an app in the end. Um, mm. It's only happened on probably one or two occasions that, um, you know, they've, they've inquired. I've tried to follow up and then a couple of weeks later, they've said, I just need it last minute. So I paid $20 and got mm. all these different AI ones. Um, I think it, from, from that point of view, in terms of losing any headshot clients to AI apps, I'm not that concerned because, like I say, that that personal element is is so huge to to the process that yes. I think that will always be needed. And um, in terms of how it sets you up to to look confident and to appear professional, approachable, all those things that you need to do, you can't always get in a selfie or someone taking a picture of you in front of a wall so you can upload it to the app. So I don't have too, any, too many concerns about that. Um, and But then I think there's a, there's a huge world of excitement that it is going to help our processes and our, you know, workflows uh, down the line. I think I've sort of, I've tried a few different apps for retouching and things like that. I still always go back to the the actions that I've already got in Photoshop mm -hmm. because I, for, for me it just feels far more uh, just just believable. You know, um, a lot of them for sort of retouching, I still find like we lose bits of skin texture or it's just not quite reading how how it should. Um, so yeah, I, I, at the moment I don't use it too much, um, but yeah, I think there's some exciting things to. Okay, so that's interesting. You see it quite positive. You see it, it could probably help with just that. What photographers spend a huge amount of time doing, just sitting at the laptop, and it could help with that and cut yeah. that time. But in terms of the photography process itself, it's not a human to human interaction, is it? So it's just not the same experience. 
I think we'll always place value on that. And and as, as long as some people are always getting professional photos from a professional photographer, other people are going to look to that. And it's going to be something that might even become more valuable and more premium, but it's something that they know they should do. So yeah. whether they then turn to um, the cheaper option, it's always going to be seen as I, I took option. a bit of a compromise here mm. and, and went mm. with the, the AI version or whatever. Um, you know, it's, you, you could say you know it enables say massive corporate businesses to photograph all their all their staff in house without having to get a photographer in without any of the editing costs without any you know the fees of other than what it costs them for the app to do say 500 employees and 500 photos but um in that you're not going to have brand recognition it's probably not always going to have the consistency um across the board and you know there's there, there's going to be sort of teething issues with it i imagine yeah um, it, i haven't actually used and in some ways i mean uh selecting out to be honest those customers that you know would prefer to save some money can often as a business make your life easier can't it those that are really pushing the price down those that really want to pay as little as possible are usually those that demand the most are the most awkward and in some ways if you can filter those out for you that's probably a good thing Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate if somebody came to me and said, I've only got a budget of 50 quid, then that's fine. I'm not going to be too much help for you, but I, I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't endorse it, yeah, but I, for, but I wouldn't say don't, don't do yeah. it, go and go and do it. And that will serve you for a couple of years till you're ready for, yeah. for that investment in your, you and your business, you know, um, there's no sort of judgment cast on it, but like you say, it does, uh, rule out certain inquiries, you know, which is also why, you know, I list my packages on my website. I know there's, it's always a question for photographers as whether you do or you don't, but because um, I just offer sort of studio headshot sessions, it's it's there, it's clear to see, yeah. and you can you can decide for yourself sort of thing. Cool. That's amazing. And it's interesting. So, sorry, go on, Marcus. We do need to wrap up as well, but go on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Oh, I just wanted to get this one in there, Concho. Thank you, thank you, Sam. Yeah, it's, I was just. Gonna, we looked at the future, and I was just going to ask you, uh, Toby, any looking to the past, any particular references for photographers that you particularly are drawn to? Um, do you know what? A lot of um, my sort of, I'll call it training because it was very much mentorship. Where the guys, um, the main guys involved with the Association of Professional Headshot Photographers, the APHP, so that was set mm. up um, to. Uh, it's, they're all actor casting headshot photographers, and it was set up to sort of maintain the standard of that photo. With a lot of other photographers starting to offer to actors, but not necessarily having sort of that expert insight into what the industry requires. Um, so. There were certainly photographers like, yeah, Robin Savage, Nicholas Dorks, and uh, Gareth Bailey of Franklin and Bailey. Um, those those three guys were, were oh, and Adam Hill's photography as well. Those four were, were sort of, they, they let me come along to sessions. They let me assist them on shoots and things like that and just be a fly on the wall. And just seeing the way they work, um, you know, both technical and with, with the talent, um, that was huge and i'd say they were probably more inspiration to me and motivation to go and try stuff than sort of anyone i sort of found online or or, or on youtube or um sort of other photographers cool and then we'll uh, put links for all of those in the show notes so people can go away and see see their work sweet yeah yeah absolutely Brilliant. Well, it's been really interesting speaking to you, Toby. And yeah, really interesting. And right back to the beginning, the fact your kind of stories on its head. We were saying 
before we started when we were chatting that most photographers you go to their website and it says I got a camera from my dad when I was nine and I've loved it ever since while yours is completely (laughs) inverse of that isn't it it's like I wanted to be an actor and I kind of fell into it accidentally yeah yeah absolutely and I I I love it because you know people say do you have any regrets about acting would you ever take it up again and it's like the answer's pretty firm no because you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't gone down that route of trying to be an actor you know I wouldn't I wouldn't know what a headshot photo was (laughs) Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us on the show. Um, Our listeners have learned so much and it's been really interesting. So thanks for being with us. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure. Marcus, I will see you next week. See you next week, matey. All right. Have a good one. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. You can like and subscribe on your usual podcast platform. You can find Sam and Marcus on LinkedIn and at website for photographers.co.uk forward slash podcast. See you next week.